Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right. Well, um, we have been in a series called Has God Said? And um, it was not my goal to be controversial in any of these messages, but we, we went after some heavy things. We went after some heavy topics. And so um, I've actually decided to um, end the series for now and, and to move on. But what I think I'd like to do is um, maybe once a year, we'll take a few weeks, and whatever the hot topics are in culture and in society, maybe touch on those. So maybe about this time next year or next summer, we'll, uh, we'll circle back around to a hot topics series. I think it's kind of fun preaching on those things. I love getting into the Word of God, finding out what the Word of God has to say about um, things that we face in our culture and, and find out what God has said about those things. So we're going to move on uh, from that series. Um, but before, before I move on, I want to just um, uh, highlight um, a couple things. Um, if you missed any, number one, if you missed any of the messages in the series, please go back and listen to them. But there's uh, two messages, or I guess three in particular, that I just want to say they're, for us as a church, I, I want these to be culture-setting messages. And so if you missed part six, seven, or eight, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those. Um, part six was the Christian and Israel. Um, what is the, the Christian's response? Should the, should the Christian be a support to the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? We talked about that. That's an important message for us as a church. Part uh, seven, we asked the question, does value begin at conception? Okay, uh, we believe it does. We, we are pro-life. We believe that value begins at conception. And then part eight, we talked about what do we do about it? What are the practical steps uh, putting, putting feet to that work. Um, how many know that being pro-life is more than just how you vote? Being pro-life should be a, a lifestyle. We should have a lifestyle of being pro-life and not just necessarily how we vote, although that is important. Um, Cindy uh, Amos who, and uh, Dave, I mentioned, I read a letter from, you know, they, they adopted their daughter, Elisa, and I read a letter last week from Elisa's birth mom, which was powerful. Wasn't that amazing? Um, what a beautiful story. And by the way, um, she told me after service that Don had gone on, I think she married a doctor, and they ended up having like another five kids. And so God blessed her. It's just a beautiful story all around. God blessed her. She had her own family, and, um, and God really blessed her. It's just an amazing story all around. But one thing Cindy mentioned to me last week was that um, she, Cindy works at the Resource Center, and um, she asked if I could throw one additional thing out to you guys of how we could put you know, feet to the work here. Um, many times when a woman um, decides that she wants to keep her baby, she does not want to get an abortion, many times that woman is being pressured from other people to get an abortion. For example, parents or a boyfriend might be pressuring a woman to get an abortion. And many times when a woman makes that decision, she finds herself needing a place to live, like she literally gets kicked out because she won't, um, won't have an abortion. And so this certainly isn't for everyone here, but if you are in a position or you're watching and you're in a position where you could provide for um, moms who want to keep their babies temporary housing so that they can find another place to live, and that, and that temporary um, can mean different things. Um, if, if you're in a position where that's a possibility for you, 
Um, that is a need that they encounter from time to time at the Resource Center. So if that's you, um, you can contact the Resource Center. The phone number's up there, and the website is up there. And um, they'll, they'll let you know what that's all about and how you can help with that. Sound good? All right. Thank you guys for hearing me on that. <clears throat> all right. This week, um, I want to take just a sermon here. We're not starting a new series But I want to take a sermon and just talk about refocusing our eyes on Jesus. How many of that's a good thing? Refocusing our eyes on the King. Um, How many know that the season that we've been in, 2020, has been incredibly unusual? It's an unusual year. Um, I don't believe God is necessarily the author of all the things that have happened, but I believe he's an opportunistic God, and he will use anything and everything to reach us. And the Bible says that he will shake what can be shaken so that what can't be shaken, the kingdom will remain. How many know that we, many times in our own lives, we're standing on false foundations? It is God's pleasure to shake a foundation if you're not standing on the kingdom, okay? So from COVID to the shutdowns to the isolation that many of us have felt, um, the economy that has suffered because of that, we, we, we encountered racism, riots, our state's on fire. Our pet's heads are falling off, right? <laughs> um, it's been a crazy year. And currently, we're in the middle of a highly contentious um, election year, okay? Um, by the way, I just want to mention, because it is election year, if your hope is in politics, you are destined to be disappointed, okay? Okay, for me... For me, the choice is clear, the contrast is abundant, and the consequences are substantial. So I'm not saying six of one, half a dozen of the other. For me, the, the choice is clear. But my hope is not in a person or a political party. My hope is in Jesus, and I hope that's the way you guys feel as well. <clears throat> so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? God could do anything he wants. Who knows? I don't know. I certainly don't know. But what I want to say is that um, even, if you're, even if your candidate, your, your guy wins, your guy is not the desire of all nations, right? Jesus is the desire of all nations. Jesus is the one who can fulfill the needs of our hearts. And uh, if we know anything, we know that people aren't perfect. So, but no matter what, God is on the throne and Christ's love is unlimited. And the power of the Holy Spirit is still unlimited. Amen, church? And so that doesn't change for us. So what I want you to encourage us to do is not fall into a political spirit. Uh, I, for one, can be susceptible to this at times. Even if you're on the right side of an issue, you can still fall into a political spirit. And we don't want to do that. Um, So be careful with that. I believe what, what is happening in this current season is God is refining his bride, refining the church. Um, One thing I believe that God is doing is he's drawing a clear line in the sand. And he's saying, what side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on God's side or are you going to be on the other side? And he's making it more clear with everything that's going on. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 30, he said this, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. 
Okay, so there's, there's no, there's no uh, riding the fence with Jesus. You're either with him or you're not with him. And what I believe God is doing to all of us is weeding out compromise in our lives. And that's a good thing. He's shaking what can be shaken so that we will remain on his foundation. Amen? The light is getting lighter. The dark is getting darker. God is removing compromise. What I want to do today is just take a few minutes and help you see this world and its situations and all the things we're going through from heaven's perspective. Many of us are reasoning down here. Many of us are thinking and our minds are reasoning from this earthly realm when God wants us thinking from a heaven's perspective. All right? So I believe God is elevating his church to think from a new perspective, from heaven to earth, right? Not from earth to heaven, all right? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, amen? All right, the title of my message today is called Ready to Ascend. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to ascend. All right. If you're like me, you be- I believe in a physical rapture, like that our bodies literally will be taken from this earth. But how many know that in the meantime, we can still, our minds can still be thinking from heaven's perspective. We can have the mind of Christ here and now in this life. Colossians 3, 1 through 2, it says this. Paul says this, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. God wants our reasoning from heaven's perspective, not earth's perspective. Notice what he says this. Notice the order. He says, set your heart on things above. Set your heart, your affections on things above. Then he says, set your mind, your thoughts on things above. Notice that your thoughts will follow your affections. Your mind will follow your affections. Wherever your heart is, your thoughts are going to follow. You know, I like hiking. I like getting up in the mountains. So that's where my heart is a lot, right? What, what do I do? I... I think a lot about that, right? If, you're, if your heart is on boating, you're going to be thinking about boating a lot. If, if your heart is in politics, you're going to be thinking about politics a lot. If your heart is in cycling or whatever it is that you're into, guess what? Your mind is going to follow that. Now, what I just mentioned, none of those things are evil in and of themselves, but they're not a good permanent place for our hearts to live. So let's prepare our hearts for what God is doing. He's bringing refinement to his bride, to the church. I believe God is refocusing our hearts on heaven. You know, um, when the children of Israel, when they they came into the promised land, and when when Jerusalem eventually became the place where where they were commanded to come worship, Psalms chapters uh, 120 through 134 they're known as the songs of ascent, or the psalms of ascent. And so Jerusalem is in a high place in Israel. And people would come from all over to worship in Jerusalem. And as they're coming up, approaching Jerusalem, they would prepare their hearts for worship. And they would sing these songs of ascent, Psalms 120 through 134, or the 15 psalms known as the songs of ascent. How many know we need to prepare ourselves many times, prepare our hearts to come up and to think from heaven's perspective. So, how do we do that? How do we prepare our hearts for heaven's perspective? 
I got, something, I got some real practical preaching today. You ready? We need to guard our gates. Guard our gates. Isaiah 21.6 says this. The Lord said to me, put a watchman on the city wall. Let him shout what he sees. Let me ask you a question. Are you, do you have a watchman guarding your city gates? Do you have a watchman guarding your, your mind, your will, your emotions? Do you have a guard over your city gates? Do you have a guard over your home and your children? Have you set watchmen over your city gates? <clears throat> we have gates of our city, and we need to keep watch over them. I want to highlight three gates today that we need to keep watch over. And I believe this is especially important in this season that we're in. Okay, so to have heaven's perspective. Number one is the ear gate. Everyone say the ear gate. Not irrigate, ear gate. <laughs> irrigate your ear gate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we need to be careful what we let into our ear gates. Okay. Are you letting any and everything into your ears, or is there a watchman over the gate of your ears and your kids' ears? Okay, set a guard over the things you hear. Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way, uh, stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatsoever they do prospers. Okay? We need to be careful not to walk in the way of the wicked, to stand in the way of sinners, or to sit in the company of mockers. Why? Because sitting in the company of mockers, slanders, gossipers will soil and defile the soil of your heart. It will, it will defile the soil of your heart, okay? Um, <clears throat> I'll uh, ask you this question. Have you ever been offered information about someone or a particular situation that you knew wasn't good for you? Someone's starting to tell you about something. Have you ever, has this ever happened to you? It is a piece of juicy gossip. Have you ever been like, someone starts down that road, don't be afraid, some, and you know it's not good for you. Some things are just not good for us to hear. It's like, you know what, I don't need to know about that situation. The less I know, the better. Listen, don't be afraid to stop someone who's offering you the juicy pieces of gossip. Hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Don't be afraid to stop them um, from giving you information that you know isn't good for you. Be careful what you let into your ears. Um, if you read the New Testament, uh, occasionally Paul will list a few things, and he'll say, here's a list of things. Don't do these things, like sins, right? If, if you look at those lists, among them are you know, gossip, slander, backbiting. Those sins are listed among a lot of other, like you should see the list of sins that that is grouped with in the New Testament. And sometimes we think like, you know, sexual immoralities up here. And gossip is somewhere down here. Listen, he lists it with some pretty gnarly stuff, okay? It is a big deal what we let into our ear gates, okay? I'll add this. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, not all music is holy. 
Okay, do you ever get that? You're, you listen to music or, you know, I have a workout playlist. Every once in a while, I'm like, I have a check about, I don't know, this is just not sitting well with me and I'll remove it from my playlist. Like, allow yourself to be sensitive to the Holy I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just telling you, listen to God's voice. Not everything is worthy of your ears, okay? Don't let any and everything in. Um, the 24-hour news cycle, that is not always good for you. That's probably never good for any of us. Like, I have notifications on my phone turned off from about 10 o'clock at night to 8 in the morning. I don't want to know breaking news in the middle of the night. I don't want to wake up and see things. I don't think humans are meant to be part of the 24-hour news cycle. Okay, that is just a hamster wheel that never ends. And, it, and it's, there is no such thing is, as non-biased reporting anymore either. Okay, there is spin on everything now. I saw um, a video recently where there was no bias spinning, simply reporting what had happened. I was like, this is the most refreshing thing I've seen in a long time. This is what it used to be like, where they would just report news. Now they always put spin on it and opinion on it. It's craziness. Okay, so the music you listen to, the news cycle, um, don't allow any and every voice to have influence over your life. Guard your ear gate, okay? Why? Because if we let those other voices in it begins to drown out the voice of God in our life. Okay, this is why it's a, good, it's a good idea to start your day in the word. It's a good idea to start your day in prayer. So the first voice you hear is God's voice speaking to your heart. Amen? Don't, don't start your day and immediately go to Instagram, Facebook, or the news cycle. Man, start your day in the word of God. Let God speak to you first. Okay, so gate number one is the ear gate. What is gate number two? Gate number two is the eye gate. We need to be careful what we let into our eyes. Do you have a watchman over the gates of your city? Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 19 through 23. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What are you setting your gaze upon? What are you setting your eyes upon? What are your eyes chasing Many of us are chasing after what somebody else has. Ooh, I like what they have. I have to keep up with the Joneses, right? Our eyes are chasing what they have. You know, uh, we're coveting. Like, that's actually listed as a sin in the Bible. One of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet. You should not want to have what your neighbor has. You, do, you shouldn't desire what your neighbor has, okay? Be content with your stuff. Proverbs says, in the book of Proverbs, it says that the eye is never full. The eye is never, how many know when you go to dinner, you're like really hungry, you're famished, you're so hungry, you eat, you fill up, and then all, you, towards the end of that meal, you're like, I don't want to look at food again. I'm so full right now, right? Have you ever been there? Listen, the eye is not like that. The eye is never full. The eye will never take in enough to be satisfied. But we have to set a guard over our eyes. Job 31, verse 1, it says this. Job said this. 
I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. I made a covenant. I made an agreement. I made a treaty. I made a promise with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. This is serious. Um, this last week we had our men's, our men's ministry, and it was really cool. Um, Rick was talking about um, internet accountability. And that on his phone, he has, a, he has a internet accountability called Covenant Eyes. And I have it on my phone, and Greg, t- Greg does as well. And a lot of, a lot of our, our men have something on our phones and our computers called Covenant Eyes. We have this on all of our devices in our house, and we get accountability reports. My wife knows everything on the internet that I've looked at. Every week she gets a report. Okay, We need to have accountability for what we're looking at. Because even if you don't have a problem, how many know sometimes that stuff just finds you? You don't have to go looking for it. That stuff finds you. And that can be a snare. So it's really, you know, how many of you got, you know, creepy messages on Instagram or Facebook? Come check out this site or come check out these pictures. How easy would it be just to click on that? Right? Not for me. Because my wife will get a report if I click on one of those. Okay. (laughs) So... um, I just want to encourage you, have accountability with what you're looking at. Let's not put anything and everything before our eyes. Let's take this seriously. God is shaking what can be shaken. And let's use this opportunity to let him shake the things out of us that can and need to be shaken so that we're standing on the firm foundation. What should we be fixing our eyes on? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. That is why coming to church in this context and having Greg and the worship team lead us in worship is such an important thing. What are we doing? We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. The eyes of our heart are being fixed on Jesus, okay? You have spiritual eyes, okay? Now, to drive this point home, I can't say enough. Just look at Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus more and more and more. Okay, go ahead and roll this video this to make my point of looking at Jesus. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah, well. Would you look at that? Yeah, there's a few more blemishes on the car. The car oh my gosh, the just car, look at the it. The car is not perfect. Just look at it. <laughs> Just look at it. Yeah, well. What the heck is that? <laughs> oh, look at this. You got me running all around the car. <laughs> yeah, the only Oh, uh, would you look at that? Put that just on. look at that. I can't pull it out either. I'd have to drill it. Would you just look it at it? Yeah, it's sad. It's the only mark. I mean, on the just car. look at it. Yeah. I mean, just get a look at that. A cop did that. A cop. Oh, where is he? I'd like to look at him. Yeah, went, over, went over and tried to fight it. Yeah. They told me we're not required to post warnings here in New Jersey. Oh, would you look at that. There Listen, I got pulled state. over in Jersey twice for not wearing a seatbelt in the passenger oh, seat. Yeah. In the passenger oh, seat. Really? And got a $40 oh, ticket. Yeah, I said, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Would you look at it? I was so mad. Basically, they got to earn their money the old-fashioned yeah. way. Whenever a cop writes you out a ticket, the first thing you do is you take the ticket and you say, would y'all look at this? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, if I'd have done that, the cop did it and I wasn't there that night. Yeah, um, you should have said, look at this, and that would have probably got you off if you told him to look well, at it. That's the thing. Yeah. I went over there yeah, the first this, time. No, to look fight at this. It, yeah, you got to look at it. Yeah. Look at this. Right, because he had to look at it first. He didn't show up. Yeah, because he had to look at it. Because he had to look at this. You know what the judge did? He probably told you to look at it. He probably had to look at it and say, look at this. And I asked him the second time I went there. See, I figured I was just going to get off. And then he said, look at it. Right. And he said, look at this. And I asked the mm -hmm. I asked the cop, where yeah. were you the last time? He said, the last time he said, look at this. <laughs> my guess is he I, probably did that. Oh, would you look at this? Uh, oh, would you look at that? Oh, look at that! What an idiot! Would you look at this? Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at this! I'd have to, I'd have to drill it out. I've tried getting under here. <laughs> oh, would you look at that? You got under? Wheel, yeah, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Oh, look at this! Look at that! Yeah, look see, at this. And if you tell that to the cops, they're not going to give you any consideration. Oh, look at this. I, you got to look at it this way, okay? You just got to look at it. That's all you can do anymore. I feel like this is my job as a pastor. Look at Jesus. Just look at him. Look at this. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, all right? This is my job. <clears throat> if you have a problem in your life, just look at him. Look at Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter, the author, and the finisher of your faith. Can I get a witness? All right. All right, point number three. So we're guarding the ear gate. We're guarding the eye gate. Last gate, the mouth gate. Matthew 15, the Pharisees asked Jesus. They said, your disciples are breaking the tradition of the elders because they didn't wash their hands before they eat. Now, washing your hands before you eat is a good idea, especially nowadays. However, this was part of a religious thing where they would wash their hands and look at each other and make sure they're all going through the motions. So there's this religiosity about washing their hands. Jesus said this, Matthew 15, 10 through 11. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Okay, so in this case, it's what's coming out of the gate that we have to be careful of. Okay, your words are seeds. Our words are either building up or our words are tearing down. This wasn't in my notes, but I, wanna, I thought of this verse this morning. I want to read this. Psalms 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Okay, we need to set a guard over our words, over our mouths. Proverbs says that the power of life and death is in our words. The power of life and death. We can either build up with our words or we can tear down with our words. Have you ever noticed, though, that it's easier to tear something down than it is to build something up? Be honest. Have you ever kicked a hole in the wall or punched a hole in the wall? Or broke a door? Be honest. Raise your hands. I broke a door before, okay? Yeah. All right. How much harder was it to fix that door than to break that door? Or that drywall, right? It is a lot harder to fix something than to break something. It's really easy to break something. But listen, you can ruin relationships that you've had for years through a careless, a careless moment with your lips, a careless moment with your mouths. Amen? So we need to keep a guard over our mouths. I'm going to have Evan come up here because I'm about done.
we need to watch our gates, our ear gates, our eye gates, our mouth gates. God is taking church. God is taking us to the next level. Jesus said to be wise as serpents and to be harmless as doves. Okay, we need to be wise, we need to be cunning, but we need to be as innocent as doves in our actions. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit with what we see, with what we hear, and the words that we speak. I believe this is going to become more and more important for the bride of Christ, the church in this season. God is shaking what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. That is his kingdom. He's changing our perspective from earth's perspective to heaven's perspectives. Um, the book of Revelation, J- John was on the island of Patmos, and he, and he says he was in the spirit, and there's a voice that said to John, come up here, and I will show you what, must take, what will take place. The voice said, God said to John, come up here, come up to my perspective, come up to my vantage point, I want to show you what's going to happen, okay? We need to do this, each of us in our lives, individually, corporately, for ourselves, our nation, our world, let's look at these situations that we encounter from heaven's perspective. What are you going through? What, what are you encountering in your life? What are your challenges? Man, it's so easy to come down here and reason from earthly level. Let's go to God. God, what are you doing? God, what are you saying? God, what are you up to? God, this is really, really hard. What are you doing? I'm looking for your word. I'm looking for your way. I'm looking for what you're saying in the situation. Show me how to think about this situation. I just want to encourage you guys with that. Come up to God's level. Ask him what he's doing. Ask him what he's saying. And let him change your perspective. I'm going to pray. And then Harmony's going to talk to you about how to get right with Jesus here in just a minute. So, Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, God, we would refocus our eyes on Jesus. Just look at Jesus. (laughs) And, Lord... um, Help us keep a guard, Lord. Help us set a watchman over our gates, God, over our eyes, over our ears, over our mouths, God, over our homes, Lord Jesus, over our church, Lord God. Lord, let us pray over our homes, over our churches, God. Let's set a guard of what comes in and what comes out. What's playing on the TV, what's playing on the radio, Lord, what's on the computer, Lord God. I pray we would set a guard over those things, Lord. I just release that word over this church, Lord. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.